You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey folks, this is Alan, one of the regular co-hosts on the Modern Musicology podcast. This past week, we did an interview with Tom Bojor, co-author of the book, Nothing But a Good Time, all about the rise and fall of the L.A. hard rock scene. And the, the episode, when we were doing the interview, ran kind of long. So I, I did a lot of trims on it to get it to come down into a good time frame, a good time length. But there was one 10-minute discussion that I cut out. And I did it because it really didn't fit the overall tone of the rest of the episode. But I didn't want that discussion to go unheard. It was about the sexism and the the treatment of women at that time and particularly on the scene. So I didn't want that discussion to get lost. So here we are. We're presenting it here in a totally unedited form as sort of a bonus episode to go along with the one that we released earlier this week. So I hope you enjoy it and we'd love to hear your comments and feedback on it. So let us know. And here we go. Oh no, I was going to, Alan had, were you going to ask something about Vixen too? I remember you said something. Yeah. Um, and it's more about um, sort of the attitude toward women on the scene. And um, it, it's kind of, well, first of all, reading lyrics, as you were talking about earlier, now it's kind of like kind of surprising how, you know, women are talked about, how they're portrayed in the videos and that kind of stuff. Um and it's to the point where Vixen really had a tough time making it on that circuit. There was there was very much an anti kind of an anti woman attitude about getting up on stage and playing. And it ran to the point where even Poison faced that because they looked so girly and Striper faced it because they weren't womanizers. I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? And I just want to say props to the Vixen mm -hmm. girls for sticking it out and, and doing as well as they did. Um, it's there's, I think there's two levels to it. Like honestly, the women I know who worked in the industry, like the, even Fleur, who was the costume designer, my yeah. friend Madeline, who was at uh, Mercury, maybe you even knew Madeline Scarpula. I don't know if you ever, don't know. but you know, a lot you you ask you know like so was it hard being in the industry and they're like no you know um mm. like i mean i'm sure that there was stuff but like they were like you know, you know they were kicking ass and they were like doing their jobs and treated with respect and even um vixen like when they were when they finally got on the road you know they're like the scorpions were awesome these guys were awesome they were you know i think that there was so i think that it wasn't like a blanket misogyny. Like if you were, if the, the, like Vixen came on the road with your band and they kicked ass and, or your product manager at your label was a woman. I don't think like that was 
like, oh, I can't, I can't believe that our product manager is a woman or our A&R <laughs> guy or our, our, you know, or our manager. Um, but especially in LA, the way that, you know, I think the women on the scene were treated is a whole different thing because right. especially, you know, the ones who were paying for the guys or feeding them, letting them stay at their places. They don't get the props that they deserve. I don't think they don't. And they were probably treated like shit. And like probably some of the, um, you know, women in the videos were, were treated like shit. And certainly the lyrics, a lot of them are, yeah, you know, misogynistic, but I, I really do. And I'm not trying to like white, white. And I also know, I'm not like, not saying like the dudes in these bands weren't scumbags. Like I have a friend, who grew up out there and she, you know, was like 13, 14 and used to go to like the country club, which was like the place in the Valley where all these bands played. And she's like, every dude in anyone, every one of these bands tried to buy me drinks and hook up with me. So there was like, definitely like a whole weird thing. And like, definitely, I think there was really some kind of like fetishism of like really young girl. And I think it was kind of fucked up, but like, Did you hear my Siri just say, I don't know how to respond to that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Siri's I, even in shock. No. Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and I think Lita Ford had a really tough time because she mm-hmm. came yeah. up in the 70s. And like yeah. when you talk to the I've interviewed Joan Jett, you like the like I think the runaways really got shit on a lot. Yeah, they did. Like I think mm-hmm. like that was a terrible, but I think, you know, like uh vixen and even roxy petrucci when she was in madame x before i think that if you were like kicking ass you were okay but i do also think like on a financial level um you know the reason vixen had trouble was it was it wasn't even that they were women it was a financial calculation it's like nobody wants to see women play this music right it wasn't like that women can't play music or that they shouldn't be in bands it was just nobody wants to see women play this music. Mm-hmm. It's not going to well, work. Dudes yeah. aren't going to like it. Like chicks aren't going to like it because they're not cute dudes. Mm-hmm. They were like, this does the math does not work. Right, and um, and there was certainly precedent for women in rock music, mostly as vocalists though, because you had Ann Wilson and and Janis Joplin and Grace Slick and all these people, but there weren't that much precedent for guitar players and bassists and drummers. So I think think there was definitely, it was a, you know, women should not be playing this music kind of situation. Yeah. We don't want to see it. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the really interesting, like Lita Ford says in the book, she's like, the reason that I came out as a trio when I went solo Mm. is because I knew that if not, they would not believe that I was playing the guitar. Right. She's like, I'd go on TV, we'd do a TV appearance, and I'd be ripping a guitar solo, and the camera would pan to the bass player because they figured it can't be the woman playing the solo. So, like, definitely there's systemic stuff, but I don't. Yeah, we even got that. (laughs) Yeah. It's like any girl band gets that, you know? And look, the videos did a lot to, I mean, the videos did a lot to make these bands famous but i think in terms of their legacy it was it was totally problematic because mm. the formula of those videos was you know having like hot women like not yeah. like doing anything but being hot yeah and so you know it, it 
it ages it. You know, it really does. And it does. You can't be like, well, this, it was just, you know, it was just marketing or whatever. Like the attitude of this music, at least the people in the bands were very willing to have that be how their stuff was sold. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I know what you're saying too. Like, I mean, you get your friends who say it wasn't that it was fine to work in the industry then. And I have a lot of friends that feel the same way. And I mean, for me, it was also the same way I had, there was plenty of times when there was, you know, sexism going on and weird shit happening. And I know I wasn't getting paid as much as my male counterparts and stuff like that. But it, I was also, like I have said before, it's like, that's just how it was. And that's the, t- the those were the times. So it was, it, it was offensive, but it wasn't as, I mean, if, he, if that was to happen now, it's just, it would be immediately shut down, you know? It's and and I guess that's a it's a good thing. Times have we have evolved to this point, you know. But in a way, that's just how that shit was then. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I not not to say it was right, and not to say it was great or anything, but just some of it just was. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I had a I had a friend who was gay who was into this scene too, and said one time. I don't remember what show it was. It was Kiss or it was Motley or something. And they're like, you know, if half the audience knew that I was gay, they'd beat my ass, you know, kind of mm. thing. Mm. I don't know how true that is, but that's that was his impression at the time. But I think that was, yeah, like, like, like Seth is saying, that was probably any, yeah, uh, a, like, uh, congregation of, of 11,000 you know, Americans at that, at that point, <laughs> we really tried with like the book to like, to sort of thread the needle on this. Like it was like, like this was a serious discussion that Richard and I had. And we also like, we left some stuff on the cutting room floor that was just like ugly. Mm. You know, where we were just like, this is going to be like, we can put this in to be like sensational but it's just kind of like gross and yeah. it's going to completely dismantle what we're trying to do, which is, you know, celebrate this music. And we, but we really had to like, that's why in our introduction, we're like, look, we're not like excusing it, but like, this was this, like this shit was happening in 1985. Yeah. You know? Um, and we've had journalists like who literally it's all they want to ask us. It's like, but like, like, like weren't they, was, weren't they all pigs and wasn't this music sex? And it's like, <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Okay. You have to put that aside <laughs> and though, right? Just yeah. put that in your yeah. separate pocket. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but we were really sort of uh, careful with it. I think is there is, you know, like very aware because if you put something in the book, right, of like, like something being stuck in an orifice or like well, whatever, like you know, use your imagination, something like bad, you are, you can be like, oh, I didn't, I, I'm not approving of it. I'm, a, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just reporting it. But you're, you're really right. still putting it in your book to sell your fucking book, <laughs> you know. So like, so we really did not like. We just were like when we there was a couple things that like were in for a little while. And we're like, dude, this is just. This is gross. Mm. You know, take, like, yeah.
You know what's amazing? Walking into your favorite bar or coffee shop and running into an author you absolutely love. Or bumping into an author you've never heard of before, but find your new favorite book. That's what we do on Drinking With Authors. You get to hear all the stories of what made the author's stories great and how they got there on their journey. So grab a drink and join us on Drinking With Authors. All right. That was that discussion with Tom Bojour. Thanks to Tom for being such a cool cat. We really enjoyed having him. Um, if you have anything to say about this topic, let us know. We would love to hear from you. So take care. Have a great week. We will see you next time and keep rocking on. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.